Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and we are back with another episode. We have a very exciting show today because our guest is Augie Ray who is with Gartner, and we'll tell you more about him in just a moment. A few quick things before we dive in to the interview, and that is if you have an amazing customer service story you'd like to share, you have a question that you'd like me to answer, you can send those to me on any of the social media channels. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, pretty much all of them. And remember to use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer your questions that you send in either there or on the show, uh, or maybe in my newsletter. And don't forget about my TV show. I love this. Be amazing or go home. And it can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, C-Suite TV, and even YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. Uh, we always have great segments and guests and a little bit of motivation in there. I think you'll like it. It's called Be Amazing or Go Home. All right, let's get into today's episode. Augie Ray is the Vice President Analyst at Gartner covering customer experience for marketing and customer experience leaders. And you know, that's a short introduction. Augie, you and I met officially uh, just a few months ago in I think San Diego, is that right? Back in May yeah. in San Diego. On a rainy day in Southern California, and they say it never rains in Southern California. But uh, there we were together having lunch, and I said, man, we, we gotta do this show, and here you are. So Augie, before we get started, give us a little background on yourself. Uh, aside from the fact we know you're a great husband for 35 years, <laughs> and by the way, you know, <laughs> manslaughter, you only get 15, and uh, you'd have been out by now, or she would have been out by now, somebody would have been out by now, <laughs> and you've got your kids, you play piano for fun, but tell us about your professional life. Yeah, so hi, very nice to speak with you again, and uh, yeah, I've been in the uh, digital space in one form or another since the late 90s. I got drawn into it because it seemed like the internet and the web was a new way of, of doing business, a new way of providing what customers wanted, uh, and so found myself into the digital marketing world, but I was always more interested in uh, business models and experience and a little less in online advertising and the like. Uh, ended up gravitating into social media and worked at a research firm covering social media and then ran social and collaboration at a couple of Fortune 500 firms. But once again, the thing that drew me into social wasn't that brands could broadcast their quote unquote free advertising uh, across social channels. It was that social was a new way for brands and people to connect and that that was going to change the way brands needed to think about experience. Um, and so eventually uh, ended up working as the director of uh, customer experience action at uh, American Express and four oh, years yeah. ago joined Gartner to try to continue my, my learnings to help educate others and to guide uh, some of our clients who are in marketing and customer experience into this new and exciting world. Wow. Did you work with Jim Bush at uh, American Express? I certainly did. Really great guy. Uh, what a great inspirational. Guy. Yeah. 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 I interviewed him and really he taught me so much um, and it, it was just unbelievable. So what a great guy. Well, we are so glad to have you here. So a little bit on Gartner. A lot of people, I mentioned Gartner. I obviously, I'm looking at all the research that Gartner puts out, but in a couple of sentences, what does Gartner do? 
So Gartner is a research and advisory firm. Uh, we conduct primary research into all sorts of topics. Most people know of Gartner from the IT side. We also have a substantial team covering marketing and customer experience. Uh, and then we really think of ourselves, one of our differentiators is as an advisory service, not a research service. So what we do is we talk to clients throughout the day. Uh, they have very particular questions, in my case, about customer experience. Uh, we try to help them as quickly and efficiently as possible. And uh, hopefully over time, we'll engage many times as they go through a process and, and help them to avoid problems and to uh, optimize their opportunities and to increase efficiency and effectiveness. Uh, so that's just a bit about Gartner. Yeah, love it. And I had a great time spending a, a few days at the conference uh, on, I believe it was on customer experience and marketing. And really the stats and the facts and the amazing information that you guys come up with is intriguing and it actually is what business leaders need to drive their business. So let's jump right into it. Knowing sure. that you are the customer experience analyst over there, why, I mean, let's just put it right out there. Why is experience so important? And by the way, I remember reading Gartner reports five years ago that said customer experience would be the number one interest of executives in the year 2020, which by the way, is about three months, unless you're listening to this next year. So why? <laughs> let's start there. That's a big yeah. question. It's been a really interesting shift. Uh, what went into that prediction and why customer experience is that uh, we've We've left this mass media era where there were few lines of communication. Everyone watched the same thing at the same time. It was very easy to for brands to spend mass media dollars and to shape their brand. There was a, it was the era of positioning and and brand building. But uh, social media and the internet have really changed the way that has to happen. Nowadays, we're not what we say we are. We are the experience we provide to people and what they say we are. Wow, that's um, tweetable, and, by the way. <laughs> right there. That is money. Right there you feel free to tweet it as we promote this uh, <laughs> as we promote this web, this this uh, discussion so um point being that what happened is a lot of organizations realized that uh that that simply acquiring customers, a lot of marketing leaders in particular, simply acquiring customers wasn't really the, the name of the game for growth and success, that it did you no good to uh, lose customers as quickly as you acquired them. And so we needed to really put some focus, not just on what it takes to raise awareness and to you know, improve consideration and of course acquire new customers but once they're acquired what happens next what are what are the experiences we need to provide that are ultimately going to lift their satisfaction their loyalty and their advocacy and so it's been a very interesting shift and I think our prediction has already come true actually yes. you know, five years ago we said it and, and our data would indicate that the CMO has been giving a priority to customer experience as a primary area of focus for the last several years now. Right. Can you give us a, a clear and concise definition, at least your version of what customer experience is? Sure. We always say that we have two definitions. It's important to understand both because there's really two sides of the coin. So customer experience, which is the customer side of the coin, I will always say the important side of the coin, is uh, their accumulated experiences and perceptions that they get about a brand from every interaction, whether it is directly through uh, with your your product, your services, your digital presence, or if it's indirect, all the organizations and partners you have. Um, and so that's pretty easy. Again, you are what people experience and what they say you are. Um, the other side of the coin, and I think the really important 
definition. We, we have a definition of customer experience management. That's our side, right? It's what we need to do to manage that CX. Um, and customer experience management is the discipline of understanding and reacting to customer interactions in order to meet and exceed expectations and to lift. And I always pause dramatically and say, this is the important part because it's really important to focus on why you're doing what you're doing, but it's to lift satisfaction, loyalty, and advocacy. As we raise satisfaction, we get more loyalty, which deepens relationships, which decreases churn, improves cross-sell and upsell, reduces our cost of acquisition, our cost to retain. And we also, if we do the right things, can shepherd people into an advocacy cycle where they begin to refer business, they say positive things about us, we raise our reputation, uh, we increase inbound traffic, and once again, we lower cost of acquisition. So um, it's really the discipline of putting focus on what the customer wants and needs, because in the end, that is what will benefit our brands the most. Right. And we'll go back to what you claim to be the important definition, because you ended that with something I want to emphasize. Uh, you said, and I, I tried to write down as quickly as I could, but something about uh, where the sum of their experiences or something that affect, but the last line was, and what they say you are. Mm -hmm. So no matter, and this is the point, I think this is what you were saying, no matter how good we think we are, and doing all that management, which is that second definition that you gave us, really the customer gets to decide whether or not we are what we think we are. Does exactly. that make sense? <laughs> well, and also it's funny that one of the reasons I emphasize that point is, is exactly why you're saying, but also I think that for a lot of years, marketers have thought that brands are what we, we, the brand says it is, right? It's what yeah. we say it is in our advertising. It's what we say in our content. It's what we say in our social channels. It's what we write. Um, and it's not, you, you know, clearly we, we have decades of experience to know that marketing communications is very effective at helping to increase demand and model some perceptions. But at the end of the day, a customer who is acquired and has a very different experience uh, that is different than the promise you made, uh, then you are the experience. And so uh, we really have to look not just at what we say, but what we do when it comes to customer experience. Right, right. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about expectations, how they're rising, and also, so is the budget. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Augie Ray of Gartner. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Do you want to amaze your customers, impress your colleagues, and outshine your competition? Well, going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-the-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. And I wrote about this in my best-selling book, Be Amazing or Go Home. And now I have some good news. We just re-released the book in paperback form. And in this book, I let you in on the secrets behind my mantra, always be amazing. And I share with you the simple practices that can elevate your game. Mastering these practices will help you create trust, build stronger relationships, advance your career, and much more. So now is the time to step out of the ordinary and into amazement. Be amazing or go home is available at amazon.com. So what are you waiting for? Make the choice today to be amazing or go home. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Augie Ray of Gartner. And, you know, expectations are rising, uh, customers' expectations are rising. And I, I believe that's because their expectations are being changed by great companies that are delivering great experiences, therefore raising the bar for everyone. 
but I know you've got a take in that internally management's expectations are rising too. And I want to talk about how budgets are also rising to make sure that drives that experience. So I, I turn the floor over to you, oh great wise one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it should be no surprise. We've been talking about CX. We talked about the prediction that this was going to become leaders' priorities, and, and it has. Um, and if it's going to be a priority, then of course it's going to raise our expectations. Um, and so one of the, the things that was interesting, we, we do a study every two years of CX leaders. We, we look for people not who say that they do CX because uh, it's a very slippery slope and a dangerous question if you ask people if they do CX. What happens is everybody thinks that they do customer experience. And so we really look for people who are and use as screening questions, people not just who say they do CX, but are responsible for voice of customer or qualitative customer research or building personas or conducting journey maps and, and those sorts of things. So we're really looking for people who are doing uh, the discipline of customer experience, which I think is, is important to point out so that we know that we're really talking about the, the right people when we start digging into some of this data. Um, and two years ago, it was really interesting. We found that uh, these C people involved with a responsible for CX and organizations uh, tended to say that they were more effective at meeting management expectations than they were at meeting customer expectations. And, and we saw that as a real problem. I mean, customer experience is, after all, outside in. It is customer oriented. And, and it should really be impossible to meet management expectations while not meeting customer expectations. Um, what's interesting is we just got done conducting our most recent study. We haven't even gotten around to publishing all the data. Um, but we found that those have come into alignment, in fact, almost exactly equal, that the, the people who said that they uh, met or exceeded their management's expectations were equal to the number of people who said they met or exceeded customer perceptions, which is, I think, really encouraging. It shows a little maturing of what's going on. But our data also, of course, shows that with all of this focus on CX, um, that we're beginning to see rising budgets. Um, effectively 74 so so we ask about budgets and and we have a five point scale from expecting a significant decrease in budget next year to expecting a significant increase and 74 percent of people expect either a slight or a significant increase um, and so that's really telling we we are seeing budgets rise um, I think one of the things to add as well out of our data that's so interesting and, and one of the themes that we've had this year in our research is the importance of understanding why you are lifting customer satisfaction in terms of driving those loyalty and advocacy behaviors. In other words, can I demonstrate that a more satisfied customer does in fact deliver lower churn, greater uh, organic growth, uh, increased referral volume, some of those real business drivers, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things we found is that those organizations that said that they have calculated a positive relationship, that they know the positive relationship between customer satisfaction and business or financial outcomes, those companies were 17 points higher, more likely to say that they're expecting an increase in their customer experience budget than those who had not even attempted to calculate the relationship between customer satisfaction and these business outcomes. And so we're seeing budgets rising and where we are seeing budgets rise the most are in organizations that have, not surprisingly, demonstrated that customer satisfaction and customer experience matter to the top and bottom line. 
and I'll just wrap up by saying, so often we see CX positioned in altruistic ways, as if we are going to do this because we love the customer more. In fact, sometimes it's even positioned as if it is harmful to the company. Like we care about the customer so much, we're going to put their priorities over ours. And we think that's not the right way to think about it, because ultimately, when you as a brand succeed for the customer, you also succeed for the brand as well. And that's the better, stronger way to think about it. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, a couple of things. I, I want to go back just before you hit the budget uh, discussion. You said something to the effect that made me feel that perhaps perceptions of the customer that the brand's doing well and perceptions of the management that the brand is doing well are starting to be similar because probably four or five years ago when we were predicting that customer experience would become important, uh, there was the idea that the management said, we are great at what we do, but the customers had a whole different viewpoint. Right. Uh, can you address that? Yeah, well, we see lots of third-party data, as do you, that when you ask senior leaders, how are you at meeting customer expectations, they are much more likely to say that they're great at doing that than the actual customers are, right? <laughs> and so we've seen some of that third-party data. What What's interesting is that, you know, where we, two years ago, talking to CX leaders in this study, found that there was this dichotomy that more felt like they were meeting management expectations. And, and so the way I'd frame it is less around whether organizations were or are or were not effective and more about that I think that management is beginning to understand what customer experience is about that two years ago um, oftentimes when we talk to our clients they would position CX as a new way of thinking about the path to purchase that we are going to develop new experiences to raise awareness and consideration and traffic and sales and leads um, and that's of course not the right way to think about CX CX is about the end-to-end -end journey not just the path to purchase um, in fact, I'll often say to marketing leaders that we don't need a new word for the discipline that creates new experiences that improve acquisition. We have a word for that. That word is marketing, right? What mm. CX is is something different. CX is complementary to marketing. We think it is effective when it is run by marketing, but only if you have that end-to-end -end experience. And so what I think we've seen in our data is that two years ago, I think brands might have defined CX and what management wanted in very selfish ways. And now what I interpret from our data is that brands are maturing and understand that customer experience being essentially an outside-in endeavor has to be focused on what our customers say and its impact on our bottom line and not on our own selfish desires for short-term attributable benefits that help us to improve our acquisition. Wow, very interesting. So um, we're going to take a break in a moment, but I have to ask, who do you think's doing it best? Oh, you know, it's, is that a safe question to ask? Are you allowed to tell me? Yeah, well, it is dangerous because we have clients and I'm not supposed to talk about them. What's right. funny is we all know some of the public ones. Everyone will refer to USAA. I had mm -hmm. the pleasure of working at USAA. Everyone will talk about brands like American Express. Also had the pleasure of working there. And you hear, you know, the Starbucks and the Costco's and, and you know, those sorts of brands. I, I'll say that I have working with their organizations that are really, I think, knocking it out of the park with respect to CX in very quiet ways. They are building a very loyal customer bases. They may not have the explosive growth that a Starbucks has had, for instance, um, but uh, it's really uh, rewarding to hear brands making uh, a series of small victories, that they're doing a better job of surveying and listening. They're doing a better job of, in fact, demonstrating this value, this ROI of customer satisfaction. And so uh, I know of brands that are doing a very, very fine job of it. Wow. 
And you didn't mention the one that everybody mentions. Starts with an A, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon's an interesting duck for all sorts of different reasons. They do provide a great experience. Um, this may be a little off, off topic. I'll just say that I'm actually one of those people that is trying to boycott Amazon for all sorts of different reasons that are related to uh, you know, their employee treatment, uh, some of the support of different organizations that are on their platform, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's been an interesting experience to try to stay away from Amazon. I would say damn near impossible. Right. They're just integrated into our lives. <laughs> you know, you decide to go to, you've been shopping at Whole Foods for years and all of a sudden they own it. Well, do you, you know, what do you do? But I get your point, you know, and I'm a big Amazon fan, but we won't debate those uh, points. What we're going to do now is take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk about segmenting your customer base. I want to talk about personas because that's all about personalization and making your customers feel like they're getting uh, an experience that's theirs specifically mm -hmm. to them. So we'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking with Augie Ray, and this segment, I want to talk a little bit about segments and personas. For those that don't know what that is, well, actually, Augie, why don't you tell them what a segment or persona is? Yeah, it's interesting. Segments and personas are often conflated, particularly, again, within the marketing department, and one of the things we want to do is to pull them apart a little bit. But at the end of the day, either at the very top level, is about grouping people together so that you can begin to treat them in similar ways, whether that's provide certain content, certain experiences target advertising, those sorts of things. Um, the, we, the reason we say that they're conflated, however, and this becomes an important part of our work with our clients uh, to understand where to start with some of their journey mapping is to develop these personas. Um, and oftentimes we'll see what we think are segments. And, and a simple way of thinking about it, at least at a high level, is that segments are a way of grouping people together in ways that are meaningful to the company, right? This allows mm -hmm. us to know what our penetration rate is or what market share we have, or even you know how to target our advertising. Personas are a way of grouping those same customers together, but flipping the perspective 180 degrees. And here we're grouping them together based on what we, the brand, can mean to them. And so if we begin to understand and group people together on their needs, their wants, their motivations, um, not their demographics, not where they live, not based on what product they're buying, but again, on the things that matter to them, that allows us to begin to understand the experiences that they expect and want from us. And then we can do a much more effective job at understanding those journeys, identifying those touch points, and then executing effective customer experience. Well, so uh, I, I've always thought that a company like Nike does a great job. Uh, their, for lack of a better term, loyalty program is taking their customers and grouping them into personas, which, you know, you gave us a great definition of that. So my persona would be, you know, I buy a, a, a general all-purpose tennis shoe where somebody who's serious about running might buy a, 
serious running shoe. Somebody might buy a basketball shoe. And by grouping them together, they're able to send and deliver information as well as market to them. That would be a segment uh, idea. But they give me information. It's like, wow, they know what I buy. They give me only what's interesting to me. Is right. this the kind of thing we're talking about? Yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, what's interesting is there, uh, when, what I try to do is to use examples that aren't quite so um, firm. So what I mean by that is that obviously somebody who's interested in basketball, then we have something that allows us to create both a segment, you know, how do we market to them and those sorts of things. Also persona, now we know that they are interested in and that basketball fans are going to have certain needs. And that's going to perhaps include not getting content on football, for instance. Yeah. Um, I think a, a way of thinking about this is to look, for instance, at the auto industry, and that is uh, a segment, uh, typically uh, a lot of automakers have really thought about segments around what people, kind of cars people buy. They've got a sedan segment, they've got a light truck segment, they've got a, uh, a minivan segment, for instance, right, a sports car segment. Um, and so uh, what's interesting is that certainly allows you to do many things that marketers and brands need to do if people are interested in those sorts of vehicles. But personas are about not what they buy. It's about uh, their needs, again, needs, wants, and motivations. And so a way of thinking about, for instance, in the automotive market is, is somebody interested in performance? Are they interested in reducing their carbon footprint? Are they interested primarily in safety, right? Someone who's interested in safety could be interested in all those different car types. But if we begin to, again, change that perspective, not what they mean to us, but what we mean to them, that allows us to think about what are the products, the features, the content, what are those things that we need to provide people who are interested in that? Um, and for what it's worth, again, in our recent research that we just conducted in 2019, one of the things we found was very important to exceeding customer expectations as opposed to falling short of them was ha having established uh, customer journey maps and customer perception, uh, customer personas. So for instance, um, those organizations that say that they have exceeded customer expectations, um, only 9% of them say that they are not using customer personas. Wow. Um, of those brands that fell short of expectations, 21% said that they were not using customer personas. So more than twice as much. Um, same with journey maps. In fact, even stronger when it comes to journey maps and personas we think of as the first step in, in creating a, a, a effective customer journey maps, but those brands that say that they exceeded customer perception, 81% of them have established customer journey maps and used them in CX efforts. And those brands that fell short, only 57% have established journey maps and used them in their customer experience efforts. So, you know, this idea of really understanding customer needs and wants, grouping them together and understanding those maps become really important for developing uh, powerful customer experiences. Wow. Well, Augie, you've given us tremendous amounts of insight, some great stats and facts, what's going on in the world today as far as customer experience. Now, I know uh, you sell your research, but there's also ways to get the research, or at least part of the research, uh, part of the, the big ideas. Where can we go to learn more about Gartner and maybe uh, subscribe to some articles, newsletters that you might have? Sure. So uh, Gartner has a newsletter called Smarter at Gartner, which you can subscribe to. That will give you all sorts of different content. Uh, one of the things you'll find is that those of us who cover customer experience will tend to tweet and post about it on LinkedIn. We also blog and, and we'll bring some of those blogs into LinkedIn. I, I certainly would invite your listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn and, and follow some of the contents and some of the things that we share. Um, we also, every now and then, we'll have free webinars. So uh, you know, just watch the Gartner site, subscribe 
subscribe to Smarter and Gartner and, and connect with us personally. And hopefully you'll get an awful lot of insight and maybe we'll want to become a client. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. All right, the one thing question, we'll wind it all up. What one thing, one idea, one little nugget of wisdom do you want to leave with us or is there something you want to reemphasize from I will. It, one of the things that we have found is really important, and it's not something that I, uh, so when I came to Gartner four years ago, obviously came with a lot of experience and a lot of uh, perceptions and observations. One of the things that I've been challenged with is that um, a lot of my clients will say, as we begin to talk about this ROI, as we begin to talk about bringing your data together so that you understand that your most satisfied customers, the customers with the highest NPS, uh, do they in fact deliver more business value? Some of my clients will stop me and say, well, we don't need to do that. Our leaders are already bought into customer experience. And, and my aha is that that is one of the most dangerous situations that CX leaders face. Because the easiest thing in the world is for a leader to say, we are committed to the customer. We are going to lift customer satisfaction. We are going to be a CX leader. Because who disagrees with that, right? So the leader says that. Everyone is, is you know thrilled to hear that, right? We all want to do better by the customer. But when it comes time to ask for budgets, to challenge the status quo, to get time and resources. What happens is that all of that, that uh, gut level thinking about CX evaporates away and it comes back to why are we investing our money in this and why should we invest in this and not all the other priorities that we have. And so when I have a client that says, no, my leaders are already bought in, we don't need to do that, I will push back really hard and say, this is a sign of a potential problem. You need to use this opportunity where you've got leaders who are supportive now to gather the data and do the analysis so that down the road, you are prepared to say why this is worth the investments that it's going to take. Um, and so that's my aha is that don't simply rely on the words of leaders and their innate commitment to do right by the customer. It's up to you to use your data and demonstrate why this is worth the investment and the time. Right. So when you approach the C-suite, they want, they, they, they want to know the why behind it, that data. And when you exactly can prove right. it and the ROI behind it, they'll stand behind it even more. Augie Ray of Gartner, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we get a chance to do this again and uh, maybe see you in San Diego next year for our next conference. I hope so. And hopefully it won't be raining that day in <laughs> Southern California. All right, everybody. That's another amazing interview. Augie, boy, uh, some, I'm, my head is, I'm going to listen to this again and again and again. A great show. Thanks everybody for listening. Next week, we're going to have another amazing interview. So please tune in. And until then, remember, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>